Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. If I may, I'd like to ask you a question. How important is the church to you? Now think about that for just a moment. Or better yet, set aside some time after this study and really consider the question. More specifically, in what way are you serving the body of Christ, the people of the church, and God is making your efforts fruitful? Or how are you fruitfully serving the body of Christ? Are you serving the body of Christ in a way that God is using your efforts to bring about his will in other people's lives. You see, we've been studying Paul's work among the Thessalonian believers, his suffering under persecution, his faithfulness, his humility, his love and tenderness, all while faithfully sharing the word of God with them. And today on Drawing Near, Paul concludes this testimony with a declaration of his heart for these believers. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and study our glory and joy. And as we prepare for this study, let's pray together. And our Father in heaven, as we come before you and humbly seek your will and your leadership and all things, especially in this study right now, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to open our hearts and our minds to your truth that we would lay aside preconceived ideas or distractions or worldly things, and for a few moments, seek to understand your word, hopefully taking our Bibles and reading it and understanding the context and the passage that we're studying, but more than that, internalizing its truth, learning from it in a way that enables us to live more fully before you, more faithfully before you. Guide us in the study and in the results of our time spent studying your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's begin our study by looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning at verse 17. In verse 17, Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, writes, But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. As in the previous verses, we see Paul, Silas, and Timothy's love and affection for the Thessalonian believers. They were no longer in their presence. That's why he's writing a letter to touch base with them, to share some thoughts and some things with them. But even though they're apart, they're only apart physically. Paul says, We've been taken away from you for a short time in presence, bodily, but not in heart. The Thessalonian believers continue to be in Paul, Silas, and Timothy's heart, their affections. They were in their thoughts. They were in their prayers, as this letter clearly teaches. It's important that the body of Christ be more than just a group of people who meet on a Sunday or who conduct church business who fulfill various tasks and functions in the community. It's important that the body of Christ be loving and affectionate toward one another, even have a sense of endearment in their heart for one another, 
have a longing to be together. We are the body of Christ, and in some way, we are incomplete spiritually, mentally, emotionally when we're apart. We are more complete when we are the corporate body of Christ, when we are together, working together. That kind of goes against the American ideal, doesn't it? The idea of individualism or being separate and independent, being able to do things on our own. But Paul is talking here about an affection, and we're going to see that even more. They were taken away from them for a short time, in presence but not in heart. And having been taken from them, at the end of verse 17, he says, we have endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Now look at these words. They have endeavored. They've taken an effort. They have made a significant effort to see them again, to get back to them. And their effort was even more eagerly. They have worked eagerly, intensely to get there. This was important to Paul and Silas and Timothy. Why? They wanted to see their face. They didn't just want to keep up with work. That's always important for an apostle or a pastor or, or an evangelist. They didn't just want to keep up with their work. They wanted to see the people. They wanted to see their brothers and sisters in Christ. They wanted to connect with them. They loved them. And they wanted to see their face with great desire. Now, I think we lose some things in translation. I think when we go from the Greek to the English, something is lost. But there is a great desire, a great heartfelt longing that causes Paul and Silas and Timothy to eagerly desire and to eagerly endeavor to get back to Thessalonica and see the face of those believers there. That needs to be our heart. That needs to be our desire. That needs to be the longing. I have a wife who is a grandmother, and I have to tell you, sometimes she wears me out wanting to see the children and the grandchildren. Not in her effort. There's never a time in her life that she doesn't want to see them. Even this morning, while I'm doing this recording, she shares with me how she wants to spend some time with some of them, that she misses some of them. She misses them when she takes them home after they spend the night. It's an amazing thing. But that's kind of what I think Paul's dealing with here. He loved these individuals so much that they worked really, really hard, eagerly, with great desire, to get back to them and see their face. Verse 18 says, Therefore we wanted to come to you. Even I, Paul, time and again. I specifically, not just Silas, not just Timothy, even I, Paul, time and again wanted to come to you. But Satan hindered us. Now that's something to have to consider. Very often we say that it wasn't God's will for us to do this or to do that. Often we say God guides us here or God is providential and sovereign, and he clearly is and completely is. But there is a devil. There is a Satan. And he's at work in this world trying to hinder the work of believers. All Paul, Silas, and Timothy wanted to do was get back to Thessalonica and reconnect. And Satan prevented it. He hindered them. God allowed it. We could look at the book of Job and, and Satan's work in his life under the approval of God. God gave him permission. But Satan hindered. Know that there's a devil out there, and sometimes he's working against us. 
In verse 19, Paul goes on after that brief statement of Satan hindering and says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Man, that's a question, isn't it? Along with the question we talked about in the introduction, how important the church is to us, or how fruitful is our effort among the church? How does God use us? That's a great question. What is our hope? What is our joy? What is our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that he's coming? Now that's a sentence. That's a statement. Paul says to the Thessalonian believers, whom he loves, has affection for, longs to see, he suffered in their midst, been an example of godliness and Christ-likeness in their presence, shared faithfully the gospel and the word of God. He says they are his hope, his joy, his crown of rejoicing in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. What's he saying? That the efforts of Paul, Silas, and Timothy under the leadership of the Holy Spirit bore fruit, paid dividends. They weren't wasting their time. Now, Paul's not taking credit. Paul is acknowledging that as God worked in his heart and life, calling him to be an apostle, guiding and directing him, and as he, through faith, faithfully served the Lord and did what God called him to do, that God used Paul's efforts in the life of the Thessalonians and through the faith that the Lord gives to them and the work of the Holy Spirit in them, they responded in such a way that they have become Paul's resume, his hope or joy or crown of rejoicing. And when Jesus Christ returns, Paul is going to be able to lay these individuals at the feet of Christ and say, look what your spirit has done through our efforts. Paul's not rejoicing in his effort. Paul's not glorying in himself. He's thrilled that the Lord used him and worked through him to bring about this result. He's amazed at what Jesus Christ has done through he, Silas, and Timothy. And so he's not going to say, hey, I experienced this, or I did this, or whatever. But when the Thessalonian people stand before the Lord Jesus at his coming, that's what Paul rejoices in. That's what Paul glories in. How do I know? Verse 20, for you are our glory and joy. You may never have that experience. That's why I ask the question, what are you doing in service to the body of Christ that God can make fruitful in the lives of others? Who are your glory and joy? You don't get to pick them. I don't get to pick them. All we can do is humbly, with a right heart, right spirit, faithfully serve the Lord Jesus Christ, doing what he has called us to do, being obedient, being submissive, and he takes what he's doing in our lives and applies it to others. He uses the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He uses the gospel testimony. He uses our persevering and endeavoring to be faithful in, in witnessing and in building up the body of Christ and encouraging the body of Christ. He uses all of that to bring about his work in the lives of others. As a pastor, I am blessed. I have people in my life that I can say, verse 22, for you are my glory and joy. Not because of what I've done, but because of what God has done and the other individuals, the individuals in my lives, faithfulness to respond to the work of God in my life. We can never take glory or credit. 
To God be the glory great things he has done. It's through the Holy Spirit and through his work in our life to bring about faithfulness and understanding. And God does this. And yet, as God does this, we're still blessed. We're still blessed to be able to see people who are our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing, our glory and joy. I hope you understand the importance of walking faithfully with the Lord so that he can work in your life and through your life to touch other individuals' lives and bear fruit, eternal fruit, fruit that will be harvested and accounted for when Jesus Christ returns. I pray that you know that kind of glory and joy. Father in heaven, I thank you for this passage. I thank you for these words. These words are important to me as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a son, as a brother. For all of these individuals or individuals, along with everyone else in our lives, that we have an opportunity to share the gospel with. And when they accept the gospel, they enter into the body of Christ, and we can minister and serve in their lives as well. I thank you for all of this, and I thank you that you reward those who faithfully serve you. We do not deserve any reward. We do not even deserve the opportunity to serve you. We are fully unworthy. But you use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, the lowly things of this world to bring down the prideful or the haughty. Father, help us to be submissive to you. Help us to yield to you for your glory and thankfully, Father, for our good. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.